Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. It is a happy Saturday. Uh, I would say morning, but it's almost noon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, on Saturdays, like, time is 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 inconstant, you know? This is true. It's noon is morning for a Saturday. This is true. If you do Saturdays correctly. This is very true. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, how are you doing? Doing good. Good. Doing, doing, doing well. Hanging out. Living my best life. Yep. It's fall. Yes, it's officially October It now. is officially pumpkin season. Yeah. It's my birthday month. That's very it's exciting. University of Georgia football season. Yes, go dogs. It's Halloween season. Um, so, yeah, October is hands down the best month. Just throwing that out there. Best October, October is definitely in my top three favorite months. Mm-hmm. What are your top three favorite months? Uh, October, December, and May. So okay. May is my birthday month. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also like start of summer. Mm-hmm. Usually there's at least one good like May trip in there. So May, um, October, because officially fall, it actually starts getting cold and mm-hmm. not cold, but cool in Georgia. Cause like September being like an autumn month is just a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, so October is when that starts and Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and then December, I'm just, I like Christmas. Mm-hmm. I like Christmas a lot. I agree. So, Christmas is my favorite I'm holiday. I'm with you on October and December. I think I prefer June to May, just because I feel like that's when jum- when summer's like in full swing, mm-hmm. and I feel like I usually do more fun stuff in June than I do in May. Fair. So I just think that like for me the the weekends in May are party hardy, and then like Labor Day. Labor Day? No. Memorial, Memorial Day. Day. <laughs> I do that every time. Memorial they're, Day they're at the end of May is usually a, a fun, a fun yeah. time. So. Yeah. I feel that. It's yeah. Good good months. Um, but yeah. So, so you say yours are October, June? October, December, and June in that order. That's a good pick. But That's a good pick. Yeah. Definitely, um, definitely glad it's October. Yes. So. Um, I'm going to be 29. That, I feel like, so I'm going to be 29 this upcoming May. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's going to be like a weird, a weird age. Not a bad age. Yeah. Just a weird age. I'm, it's weird. Cause like, I, you know, I think I've heard from so many people that like thirties are better than your twenties mm-hmm. because like you have gone through the transition and you're settling in and now you get to like enjoy the fruits of your labor a little bit Mm -hmm. so I'm excited for my 30s but also the concept of being 30 is kind of wigging me out Mm. it's like but wait I'm I'm too young to be 30 (laughs) I'm like I'm not I'm a baby I don't know anything yet I think that's part of part of adulthood though is realizing that there's never this moment when like you something switches up. and you feel grown up yeah like my friends who have kids like they didn't never feel like there was a a switch thrown mm-hmm. and they're like ah i am a parent now like you just like have a child and figure it out yeah you're a child yeah. with a child yeah. yeah that was a funny thing too is like if i'm honest i thought like i i really only have one close friend who has children and I thought kind of in my head I was like oh everything's gonna change like she's gonna be a different person when she has babies not at all like she's still just my friend and her baby is like I'm not saying he's my favorite baby you're allowed to have a he's a hundred percent my favorite baby yeah he looks like a little hobbit and I'm obsessed with him and my friend just had a baby and he's my favorite baby I yeah I I think and because I, you know, my sister had kids, um, you know, and, and her, like, her oldest oldest one is, like, 11. And I kind of thought at the time that I would, like, know how to act around them. Mm-hmm. But she's 11 years older than me. So I was still kind of a kid when she had kids. And I didn't know what to do with them. But now that I'm older, I'm like, ah, yes, I know what to do with a baby. So I feel like I'm a much better like 
person to hold the baby now than I was um, when my sister had kids. But I don't know. I, I have grand plans to be the cool aunt. Yeah. For any any and all friends who have babies. That's a good that's a good position. It's the goals. Yep. The goals. So, um, I would ask what the vibe is, but as we said, it's noon, so we haven't really vibe and vibed at this point. Also, unlike most of our films, this is the first time where we're watching a movie where neither of us have seen it. Yeah. So we don't really know the vibe. No. Um I suggested that we just, you know, chug or take a shot of something before we have this experience because it will it will definitely be a weird one no matter what i know litter i know one thing about this movie well before i ask you what the one thing you know is i will go ahead and say for our listeners um you know i feel like doing my rafiki voice of it is time (laughs) um we are watching jupiter ascending this week which neither of us have seen, but I have wanted to see this for some time. <laughs> I I have had no desire to watch this movie. And I don't mean that in like a, oh, I think this movie's going to look bad. Like, I just didn't know about it. The little I've seen about it, I didn't care about it. Like, mm-hmm. I, this movie has never been on my radar besides the fact that I went, oh, that's Eddie Redmayne. And that was the amount of attention that I paid to this film. I have to be honest. He's the main reason why I'm excited to watch it. I do like Eddie Redmayne. Um, uh, I guess um, before... Okay, tell me the one thing you were going to say that you know about this movie. Um, That Eddie Redmayne is shirtless and he has a cape on at the same time. And he does the little like finger purse. You know what I'm saying? Yes. When you put, put your fingertips, put your fingertips together. together. Um, yeah, he does that. That's literally all I know about this movie. Um, um, the cape that he wears is stunning. Um, uh-huh. I feel like I'm going to like the costumes. Other than that, I literally do not know anything about this movie. Okay. So, um, this film came out in 2015. Um, really? 2015. Wow. Yeah, it feels... I feel like this was a end-of-year release. I don't know that for sure. But this feels like a movie that would come out around Thanksgiving or Christmas and try and, like, cash in on stuff. Mm-hmm. And then people were like, what? Um, so, um, uh, directed by um, Lana Wachowski. Um, so this is a Wachowski film. And I know that it looks weird. Um, it stars... Uh, Mila Kunis and Channing Tatum. Uh, they're probably the two biggest name actors. I am here for Eddie Redmayne in this. I hear that he is absolutely insane in this movie. Uh, this film also has Sean Bean. I love Sean Bean. So I'm sure he will die. But that's going to be one of my predictions. He either dies or he's evil. Or both. <laughs> um, and also uh, Douglas Booth, who I typically like in his period drama films. I don't know what he's going to be doing here. I know that name, but I can't. Um, he was, it's this, I'm showing you a picture of him right now. It's this guy. Um, we've watched a movie with him in it. He was in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and he was Bingley. Um, okay. 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 But he's just got that like cute, cute baby face. Um, and I'm curious to see what else, uh, he does in here. Oh, he was in the Mary Shelley movie. That's oh, the I haven't that seen that. Seen. Um, that was that was like a, a good weird one too. I need to watch that. Um, uh, Tuppence Middleton, who I have to be honest, I couldn't tell you anything else she's in, but I like saying her name. It's um, a very British name. Very British name. Um, and I did not know that Gugu Mbatha Raw was in this, but she's an actress who I like a lot, so I'm excited to see okay. her in this movie as well. She's pretty low billing, okay. um, but I'm excited to see her. Okay. Um, um. Can I? Okay. This is gonna sound mean. Um. But I'm just going to get this off my chest. And and I want to say this in... I want to make this clear that this is not personal. Mm -hmm. But I don't like Mila Kunis that much. I don't think that... I don't don't think to myself, like, oh, Mila Kunis is in this and get, like, Mm -hmm. excited. Mm -hmm. Simply because I... I feel like... I don't feel like it's a problem with Mila Kunis. I feel like it's a problem with parts that are written for Mila Kunis. That might be fair. I think 
Yeah, like when I see her in like commercials and she's just herself, I'm like, yeah, she's fine. But um, she's actually, if you watch like interviews with her, she's really funny. I'm sure she is. I just, okay, here's the, you know why I don't think I like Mila Kunis? Why? It's the same reason I don't like Ashton Kutcher. Um, I hated that 70s show. <laughs> I hated that 70s show. And everybody else that I knew thought it was so funny. And I hated it. I, that 70s show is one of those shows that I liked a lot more when I was younger, but in reflection, I don't think I like it as much. Um, but I will say Mila Kunis was never a part of that 70s show that I found entertaining. I didn't even like, you know, like everybody liked Eric Foreman. Oh, I did not like Eric. I hated Eric Foreman. I liked, I liked Donna. I liked Donna, I liked Fez. You know, and I, I liked I thought I li- Fez was annoying. You know who I liked? I liked Donna and I liked the mom. I was just about to say I liked the parents. That's, they were the only parents. <laughs> but but I even like I kinda liked Donna and I like really liked the parents. Yeah. And then I did not care about any of the other kids. Yeah. What was the one who's the guy who always wore like glasses and had like curly hair? Oh, um uh oh my gosh, I can't think of his name. He was a jerk. He was a he jerk. Was a bad person. He was a jerk, but he was at least um I can't believe I can't think of his name. Oh my gosh, it's gonna drive me insane. I don't know. Um, but he was at least, in my opinion, like a well-written jerk. Like he was a jerk who, when he's supposed to be a jerk, they write him well as a jerk. Yeah. Eric Foreman, I felt like he was always, you know, the worst. But you were supposed to sympathize with him. Yeah, he, so. he suffered from like nice guy syndrome. Very much so. Um. But yeah, but, so I think, and and like I said, there's that's that's nothing. I have nothing personally against Mila Kunis. Like I, I want to make it clear that like I don't think she's a bad actress. I don't think that there's anything wrong with her. She's probably a wonderful person. There's just something about my association with her and just that '70s show. And it's not even her character. It's just mm-hmm. I hated the show itself. Yeah. So I think I, like, see her, and I'm like, ugh, that 70s show. I, and that's, like, it, like, ruins my perception I think of her. that she has kind of been a victim of um, Hollywood and television writing for um, conventionally attractive, mm-hmm. funny women. Mm-hmm. In that they always kind of just end up being the sexy butt of the joke. Yeah. Um... I actually, it's it's weird. I feel like comedy is the one, um, like genre where women who aren't conventionally attractive have actually greater independence and control and freedoms and opportunities when than, it's written by a woman. When it's written by a woman, um, than other women. Um, and I don't know. Mila Kunis got like stuck on the Seth MacFarlane train, and so, uh. And and yeah, maybe she really enjoys maybe she really enjoys working with him. I don't know, but um, I'm I'm curious to see how she is here mm-hmm. in a movie that wasn't intended mm-hmm. to be comedy, but I have a feeling is going to be very very funny. And I think it, I think it's going to be hard for me too because like okay, on the flip side, I really like Channing Tatum. He plays a dog like man him. in this movie. A what? He's a dog man. You haven't heard the dog That's thing? Part dog? Like, like, sexy werewolf kind of thing, I think. Okay. <laughs> I really have no idea what to expect voice, your, your voice just broke like a teenage boy. That was I, amazing. I have no idea what to expect. This is very strange. But what I was going to say about Channing Tatum is, like, my favorite movie with him in it is, um... Oh, crap. What is it called? It's the one... 21 Jump Street? Yes, thank you. I have not actually seen <gasps> 21 Jump Street. Oh, my Street. God. It's, yeah. Everyone it's tells me it's wonderful. Few, it's one of the few, too, where, like, the second one, to me, is equally funny. Yeah. Um, and they, like, lean into the fact that it's, like, a dumb sequel, mm-hmm. which, to me, works really well. Um, it... There are moments in both 21 Jump Street and 22 Jump Street that just absolutely, like, Mm -hmm. wreck me. And I'm not a big comedy fan. Mm -hmm. Like, most comedy films I just don't like. Mm -hmm. Um, 90% of Adam Sandler films are not my thing. Um, Yeah, that's fair. 
I kind of have a soft spot for Waterboy, but that's it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm so, I'm exactly the same. I have a soft spot for Waterboy purely because then the funny Adam Sandler voice kind of sort of works. That and then the, um, why am I so bad at, at 51st Dates? Name, no, um, I'm so bad at names today. Um, crap. Excellent actress. She plays his mom in The Waterboy. Oh, um, well, shoot. Now you've done it to me. I know. We're so, I'll look it up. Um, but literally, like, my every Saturday during football season my entire life, my dad would turn on the TV and my mom would just come, like, sprinting out of whatever room she was in just to be go, foosballs, the devil! And then she would just run back to wherever she was. And, like, you know, obviously, like, she would usually, like, go and change and, like, be ready to watch the game. It was just oh. the, like the fun of saying that it was like a ritual in our house pretty much mine is i don't really think a snakes is having paws but if i was (laughs) to guess i'd say that was the knee that was the funniest line in the world to me kathy Bates. kathy Bates. she's an excellent actress she is i will enjoy any movie with her in it yeah um this is so, this is like really getting sidetracked. We're super sidetracked today, and I think it's because we don't know we much don't know about what this to film. Talk about we but, don't know anything about this movie. But okay, I, I can't. Channing Tatum's a dog man. I don't know. I, we're gonna have to watch the movie before I yeah. have anything to say about yeah. that. But I'm trying to like wrap my brain around it. I'm it's really absolutely wigging me out. I'm actually excited because I think this is gonna be a very different experience for us. Um, but I. I just hear that this movie is cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Like, what is it about? Uh, okay, I, I will give you... I feel like I know a little bit more about the plot than, than you do. Um, the story is about Jupiter Jones, played by Mila Kunis, who okay. is a... Um, so we're not on Jupiter. Not not at this point. I don't know if we go to Jupiter. We go to okay. space. Okay, um, space, is, space is fine. Well, no, but she is, she is a maid who finds out that she is actually... Um, I believe, like, in line for, like, a space throne somewhere. And so bodyguards, um, Channing Tatum and Sean Bean, come to protect her from people who are trying to uh, use her or assassinate her for her throne. Is Eddie Redmayne the villain? Yes. Okay, with that black cape, he has, I was like, he's gotta be the villain. And I'm so excited. Am I the villain? I don't <laughs> I think, think I'm, I'm the villain. villain. Am I the drama? I don't think, think I'm, I'm the, the drama. drama. He's totes the drama in this. I've seen one clip of him, um, and he he does like the villain whisper until he shouts because he's angry. And I'm I I just feel like this is gonna be the one where like Eddie Redmayne is usually like a very um, he plays very composed characters. Yeah, they're very deep. And they're like, very deep. I think real. this is. This is going to be the most shallow character he could possibly play, and I'm, I'm so ready. I'm here for it. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, then then space adventures ensue. Okay. Um, so I, that is all I know. Okay. Um, I, I'm pretty sure there's, like, some, you know, hoverboard chase actions. Okay, and here for hoverboard it, chase. I think she's going to get involved in, like, a political marriage, and there's, like... Okay. But she's in love with her bodyguard, so you've got that trope going on. Hey, hey, you. Um, he has lots to say about Jupiter ascending. Yes, yeah, she does. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm very, very curious... Um, to see what all's in this. All right. Question time. Uh, she still has so much to say. Uh, you get to guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. Oh. Um. Critics are out. Critic first. Yeah, and tell me critic first. 31%. 27%. No! Yeah. Oh my god. This might be one of the lowest films we've ever done. This might be the lowest film we've ever done. The audience score is 38%. Oh no. Yeah. Oh um, no. Here, I do just want to throw out there, this is funny to me, that they have underneath this, it says, you might also like. <laughs> uh, and on that list is John Carter, 
uh, Hercules, Ender's Game, and Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Oh, no. Um, So I I feel like that actually kind of helps me know what to expect. expect. Um, So, yeah. What What are some predictions now that you have? Um, I'm expecting to enjoy the costumes, but to at least be, like, confused and put off by, like, two or three of them. Uh Uh-huh. I'm expecting to regret watching it a little bit at the end. (laughs) I'm expecting to, um, be... I don't know. You love cats. If this is, like, cats-level weirdness... That's the thing. So, like, I think I, just, I think I mentioned this on here, but, like, I watched the Cinderella movie, and it was really bad. Yeah. If this but is it wasn't Cinder- bad enough. If this is so, Cinderella bad, that's not good. If yeah. If this is... We want um, this to be, like, really bad. Yeah. It's gotta be atrocious, or it's not. Like, if I'm gonna watch a bad movie, I'm like, go big or go home. Yeah. I you really know? I really hope this delivers. Okay. Well, um... Yeah, I'm mainly um, anticipating that, like, we'll get to the end of this, and I'll be like, well, that was a movie. I feel like we're going to get to the end of this, and, I, and we're both going to look at each other and go, what just happened? Yeah. Um, oh, that's fine. I am uh, expecting at least... God, this movie's two hours. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> I am expecting that there will be, um, like... Like, some really big, pretty backgrounds that are just big and pretty. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that all the, like, close-in sets are going to look really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that uh, Jupiter Jones... um, That's a dumb name. Oh, yeah. It's super dumb. It's super dumb. She's from Chicago? Oh, this sucks. I'm excited now. From the streets of Chicago to... We're reading the the summary on uh, Prime. From the streets of Chicago to far-flung galaxies, Jupiter Jones embarks on an adventure as the next in line for an extraordinary inheritance that could alter the balance of the cosmos. Oh my god. Um, I am expecting for her and Channing Tatum to just, like, like Twilight-style gaze longingly at each other several times throughout this film. Yeah. Um, but I like there to be, like, a really, like, benign sex scene. Like, they'll make out and it'll fade to PG-13. black and you know that something happened. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know what else I'm expecting? I'm expecting the entire galaxy, the far-flung uh, corners of the cosmos, to be filled with human beings and to be confused why there's not aliens. Yeah. Like, why are there no aliens? Give me, like, weird squid people. Yeah. Or give me nothing. Go home. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's one of my biggest qualms, honestly, with Star Wars is like there's so many humans and I'm like like all the main characters are humans and like all the background characters are like alien puppets and I, I understand why that happened. I agree like, that it's a problem that the main characters always end up being mm-hmm. humans. I do think Star Wars does a good job of populating the galaxy with different species yeah. and showing that there are other species out there that are as numerous as the humans. I agree. But I just I just want I want there to be, like, some more characters that are not... Not human. Human. And and I want... And I understand for the old movies, but, like, we've reached that point. But you know what? You know what, though? Have we reached that point? Because they were like, let's diversify the human cast. And all the, like, random Star Wars boys were like, no! No! Yeah, no, we haven't reached that point. So, yeah, I think they said it if there was an alien. But, okay whatever. Actually, they'd probably be fine with that. They'd probably be fine with that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, um, whatever. Um, So, I I hope this is good. I hope you don't hate me after watching this. But I understand if you do. (laughs) I will perfectly understand. Um, Yeah, so I guess without further ado, here's Mila Kunis' Space Princess. Here we go. (laughs) I'm so sorry. That was the worst movie I've ever seen. And I have seen The Room and Cats. I'm both in theaters. 
I've seen Avatar The Last Airbender. Not Avatar, I'm sorry. The Last Airbender. Oh, that's right, because and they weren't I, even allowed to use the name. No. This is so bad. And I think this is worse. I think this is worse. Like, you know how before we watched it, it was like, well, what do you expect? And I was like, literally, the only thing I know about this film is Eddie Redmayne is in it. Mm-hmm. Now that I've seen it, the only thing I know about this film is that Eddie Redmayne, Sean Bean... Uh, Channing Tatum, Mila Kunis, and the guy who voiced Dorian Pavis in Dragon Age Inquisition is in it. Like, if I... If someone held a gun to my head and said, tell us the plot of this film or we will shoot you, I would be dead. No, yeah. I have no idea what happened here. So, okay. Here's the thing. I have to be honest. I saw the trailer for this and I thought to myself, wow, what a big, dumb movie that I can just turn my brain off during and enjoy how big and dumb it is. And instead, I got two hours of characters expositing about things that I don't understand and I don't care about. Like, there were so many... There was so much exposition in this film. And it never stopped. It never stopped. So much exposition. Oh, my lord. I don't understand... What I just don't understand. Happened. Period. I don't understand a darn diddly thing that happened in this movie. Oh my gosh. And the reason why I'm apologizing is because I thought that your experience watching this with me and my experience watching this was going to be akin to like a quest for Camelot. Like like, it would be bad but kind of fun. We could make fun of the ridiculousness. I would rather watch Quest for Camelot again. (laughs) Oh my my gosh. This was so unbelievably bad and I would love to tell you specific reasons why it's bad but I will let you go first if there's anything you need to address. Okay, 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 okay. Um... Thing number one, um, Mila Kunis had no personality. I don't understand what Jupiter Jones' like personality was supposed to no. be or what her motivation was. Um, Channing Tatum had no personality in this film. I don't know what his motivation was supposed to be or why he was there. Um, Sean Bean was just Sean Bean. I, I don't... I, yeah. The, like the, oh, he, he lived... Had, he lived. That he lived. Was, that was, that a was big different. Deal. Um, but it's it's literally he. I understood his motivation more than like any other character, and he wasn't even that important. Yeah. Um. Oh, I'm gonna talk about his motivations though in a second. When, like, okay, I don't. I I understand Eddie Redmayne's character's motivations, but like barely. Like yeah. the mommy issues there were weird, and the fact that like these three siblings were like fighting over who gets Earth and Mila Kunis is like the reincarnation of their mom and then one of the siblings tries to marry her and I'm like, but isn't she your mom? And I don't know, the mommy issues in this film. Okay, so if you, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna bounce off of the Sean Bean character motivation thing Mm -hmm. for a second. So, and then I'm gonna go into the mommy issue thing because it's fascinating. So, Sean Bean's character in this when we meet oh by the way by the way he lives in a house that's surrounded by bees guess what his character name is it's friggin stinger i oh my god i'm tired just talking about this film his Dude. okay so stinger has a daughter and at one point when she's going to get them like cups of water or something she goes <laughs> And I go, oh, she's sick and dying. Mm. And then later, when he, I guess, betrays them or whatever, you find out that he's like, my daughter is sick and I had to do it to get her the medicine. Which, okay, fine. But after that, Channing Tatum asks him, do you have any other debts? You owe any other money? And he says no. And they say good and leave. Why were those lines in there? I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop and him be like, actually, I'm 30,000 deep with a loan shark. And it- do you know, do you know how quickly I realized that this was going to be a bad movie? During the opening monologue, Mila <laughs> Kunis is monologuing and she's talking about her mom yep. having to like, 
what does she even say? She leaves Russia. Yeah. And, it and said she's pregnant. She, she pushes everyone out of her life except her sister. And then somewhere... Somewhere over the, the Atlantic, Atlantic. This is a quote. Somewhere over the middle of the Atlantic, she pushed me out as well. And then it cuts to her mom giving birth to her. Oh if that God. is not the worst line, I mean, I just okay. don't understand. Okay. I don't um, get it. So, so back back to the mommy issues thing, because you reminded me of another thing that I want to go off and talk about. Back to the mommy issues thing. So, this movie... After all the weird stuff happens on Earth. By the way, this movie has two of my least favorite tropes. One of which is that Mila Kunis, quote, is not like other girls because she doesn't want to murder a planet to be rich. She's fine and content being a toilet bowl cleaner because, you know, that's what gave her her character or whatever. If she had any character, I might like that arc. But no. But it also has the arc of a female protagonist who does nothing. Everything happens to her. Channing Tatum rescues her, she gets kidnapped. Channing Tatum rescues her, she gets kidnapped. And after all the weird stuff on Earth, she gets kidnapped by, of the three children, the daughter. And nothing happens. Then she gets kidnapped by the the not Eddie Redmayne's son. Mm-hmm. Who tries to marry her, but they end of Shrek it and break off the wedding and it doesn't happen. It literally Shrek did it better. Oh yeah. Um, and and then she lets both of them live, and then she goes and gets captured by Eddie Redmayne. And doesn't kill Eddie Redmayne. I guess we're supposed to infer that Eddie Redmayne fell to his death. Like what I what? I don't know. So Okay, can I can I say when you were talking about the 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 weirdness, other weird thing that happened. I I could spend all day talking about the weird things that happened in this movie, but the one that really bothered me in the beginning, um, I guess Channing Tatum, Wolf Splice Boy, oh God. gets shot, and they're driving. And his name is Kane, like yeah, canine, Kane Wise. Kane. Uh. They're in the car together, and he's bleeding. And they've been driving for, we can assume, hours, right? And she goes, finally she goes, oh my god, you're bleeding. He's like, it's fine. She goes, well, lucky for you, a woman owned this car. And she pulls out a pad. Because they stole the car. They stole the car. She pulls out a pad from the glove box. Because, you know, that's where all ladies keep Keep their their feminine products. Um, And she puts it on the wound. You know, presumably to stop the bleeding or to absorb the blood. But she puts it on the sticky side down. Like not the, the side, side is not on the his side skin. that absorbs the blood. Oh my god. The sticky side down. And then later you hear Sean Bean rip, rip it, it off. off. But there's blood on the other side. It would not have it seeped have through absorbed. that way. Oh my gosh. I okay. I oh. did not understand. Oh, go ahead. I'll let, oh, say on. a thing. So there's another back. thing. Um, one of the things we talked about. So this film is directed by two women. I believe that uh, the younger of the Wachowskis had not transitioned at the time that this movie okay. came out. But, How, but, but currently. Like, two trans two, women. Two women. The amount um, of male gaze. That's what I said. I was shocked. I turned to you at one point. So in the beginning, she's she's working for this rich lady. And this rich lady's like, oh my god, which dress should I wear? And she's holding up these two dresses while she's standing there in a black bra and panties. And it's just a full body shot. And then there's all these moments when the aliens abduct these women and they're in underwear or in like nursing gowns and they're like hovering in space and being like prodded and probed and it's so voyeuristic if there was some sort of commentary being made i might have been like okay yeah i get it but there was commentary in this film but not about that in fact i i actually looked this up there's one point so we were trying to figure out like what is the ethos of this film what is this film trying to say and part of what you learn is that earth is basically like a farm and that people are being raised like cattle so that eventually their genetic material can be harvested so that all these other humans in space can live forever by using like gene replication nonsense okay 
And there was a moment when Eddie Redmayne was monologuing and he, he talked about basically humans being like livestock. And I looked at uh-huh. you and I said, are the, is it Wachowski? Wachowskis. I was like, are the Wachowskis vegetarians or vegans? Sure enough, I looked it up and they are. And I feel like that was the ethos of this movie was like oh see i i thought they were trying to say something about like the wealthy it was like profiting anti, off the it was poor. like but i think it was all of that it was like anti-capitalist anti you know anti like abuse of wealth which you know what i am down for all of that like the themes are fine but the fact that i got to the end of the movie and i'm like were those the themes? Oh, like it okay. took me a while to so, so the movie opens with her donating, or her her cousin trying to talk her into donating her eggs to get fifteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and she she agrees to it, which presumably that's meant to be a parallel to like them harvesting the people, which is super creepy, especially for women yeah. who do donate their eggs. Yeah. Um. But then. She turns to the cousin and goes, wait, why do you get 10000 and I only get 5000 And he says something like, that's how capitalism works. You are you could go spend all that money yourself. Like, you what don't is, have to give it to him. What is he holding over you? Like, yeah, he, there's no reason. Like, they're going to put that money in your hand and you can just be like, sucks to suck, yeah. dude. You didn't do anything. You don't get any money. But then at the end, oh, she wants the money to buy this telescope. And the only reason why she wants the telescope is because her dead dad who died before she was born, had a telescope like this. And at the end of the movie, her family chips in and they bring out this newspaper-wrapped telescope-shaped item. And, and she, she goes, goes, guys, it's not even my birthday! And then Just she, like that. Yeah, and then she's standing up and they're like, well, we all knew how much you wanted this. And that's when she goes, wait, you didn't. And not since Harry Potter received a broomstick-shaped package and said, I wonder what this broomstick-shaped package is. Have I been so upset? Oh my god. Oh my lord. Uh, I And then immediately after getting it, they're like, let's go use it. And she's like, I can't. I have a date. And the chemistry between her and Channing Tatum was non-existent. Oh, I have no idea just, why they liked each other. No, they just stared at each other. No, it made no sense. Oh my gosh. And I, I, I turned to live at one point in this and said, I have read... YA fantasy trash. Yes. With a threesome between the bodyguard and the, like, evil conniving prince. By threesome, you mean love triangle. Or do you mean... Yes, I meant love triangle. I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean, it is YA fantasy. I'm sorry. You never know. But I assume that's what you meant. That's actually actually a line that YA fantasy usually doesn't cross. That's true. Um, Go on on, uh, on fanfic.com or AO3 and then it'll cross it. That's what those are for. I feel like I just showed my age. I feel like nobody's on fanfic.com anymore. I was on fanfic.com for a while. I didn't publish publish anything, but that was where I read my first fanfiction. Was. But that's the point I'm making. Nobody uses it anymore. I haven't read fanfiction in a while, but yeah, when I was in high school, I read myself a lot of... But I Roy Rees of Full Metal Alchemist fan I've, fiction. I've read better fan fiction than this. Yes, yes, and and so it did it so poorly. Like it, it was this weird mix of like tropey and trying to be something new. But every time there was, you know, a space chase or an action scene, I would I would be like, it's nothing. There's nothing on screen. It was so cluttered, so over the top, so inconsistent, so poorly edited, I, so f- unnecessarily flashy, and I counted, so without logic. I kept counting. There were no less than seven mid-fight slow-mo shots that were completely needless. Not like a slow-mo shot of someone like falling dramatically. Not like good... Wachowski slow-mo shot of bending backwards in the Matrix no, that became so iconic. it wasn't stylistic at all. It was, someone is swinging a punch towards Channing Tatum's head and he dodges it and it would go in slow-mo. It was the stupidest editing. And what I don't understand is that, like, these two women created The Matrix. A much better film about harvesting humanity. And V for Vendetta! 
I forgot they did V for Vendetta. I love V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta, I think, is a great movie. It's a great film. But you know what? With great female agency. But you know what's interesting? V for Vendetta was based on a comic book. So I wonder if... Well, The Matrix wasn't. I know that The Matrix wasn't, but let's be real. The first Matrix movie worked because it was... while While it had, you know, kind of a... It, it was a very busy world, mm-hmm. but the reality is the premise was pretty simple. Yeah. And and they complicated it with the visual effects and kind of this lofty dialogue. Yeah. And the lofty dialogue kind of works kind of in The Matrix, first off, because it was the first one to use that kind of stylization. Mm-hmm. But second off, because the, the exposition was was necessary and limited to where it was. Here's here's the big difference between this and The Matrix. So this movie, and I said this to you when we were watching it, this movie opened with Mila Kunis, like, you know, uh, cleaning bathrooms and, and hating her life and all that. And... Or no, 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 it ended... It, sorry, first it started with, like, her origin story. Like, my mm-hmm. parents met in Russia... Dad gets shot. By the way, there's no reason for the dad to get shot. No, somebody um, like robbed their house. Yeah, and and she and he was like, "Don't steal my ah! telescope." Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, she, she just uh, Zoe just scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> Zoe, that's enough. Stop it, baby. Girl. Come here. Come on. Um, but so I it, it end, Her origin story ends, and then it shows the title: Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> She's so funny. Go upstairs. Go upstairs. You did good. You came to the house. Well done. Go upstairs. She's so funny. She she did what you said. That was hilarious. Um, so the the her little origin intro ends. Cuts to Jupiter ascending, and then it cuts to the three bad guy children having their like crappy Dune dialogue on this planet that I they harvested. Well, here's the thing. Obviously, you can tell that harvesting means killing an entire planet because, mm-hmm. you know, we're not idiots. Right. But, like, they're they're talking and... Oh, I, I saw the, the sister and I was like, that's really bad old lady makeup. You did. And, it was um, pretty bad. And so they're, they're talking and talking about house... I, I don't know, Atraxis or whatever. Um, oh, it's, can I... As a it's side note, literally Dune. A side note... Literally, there's one part where Mila Kunis is talking to um, the the sister, and um, she's like, "How old do you think I am?" And Mila Kunis is like, "I don't know, like mid to late forties." This woman has like age spots, like the kind of stuff that you get when you're like seventy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What?" Oh my god! Like, have you never met a forty-year-old? Like, forty-year-olds don't look like that. your mother is oh. probably in her sixties, and she doesn't look like that. Oh, other comment about it being male gazy. She has to take this bath to like get young again, and there are at least three different shots of her butt. Yep, that don't need to be there. Yep. Um. So, so I I said to live though when it cuts to this conversation. That's clearly on another planet. Clearly between these three alien siblings. They, they're like, I, I said, why, why are we being shown this? Mm-hmm. Why aren't we just sticking with Mila Kunis's perspective mm-hmm. and then experiencing like the, you know, wait a minute, there's aliens. What's going on mm-hmm. with her? Because that's what made The Matrix so successful. Is because we were experiencing everything through Neo's eyes. Yes. Oh. And let's be real. That's also what made the first Matrix so successful. I feel like two were I feel messy. like this reveals what's wrong with, with the second two and, and three. three. Yeah. yeah, but also, hot take. Okay, here's another reason why this film was bad. This movie had the world building of The Matrix crammed into one film. And then some. Yes. This movie was too ambitious. There's yeah. too much here. This, if this had been a TV show, but the thing is, is you have to know your medium. Yeah. You have to know that, like, you've got to cut down on your, like, exposition. We were an hour in and we were still getting exposition. Yeah. I was like, when is the movie going to, yeah. like, start? 
bees recognize royalty and we wiped out the dinosaurs and uh oh you are a complete genetic copy of our mother which is like our religion and here's and all these names and these places and that Channing Tatum was don't in, show us they just tell us about so you just have to listen and hope for the best Channing Tatum was in the military because he's a wolf splice without a pack but and then he, he used to wings. have wings but now he doesn't have wings and then at the end he gets wings and it's weird <laughs> I didn't like his wings they made me uncomfortable and his blonde hair made me uncomfortable and normally I'm all for elf ears but but for some reason, they just did not work here. And oh, and they kept talking about how he like Teacher tore somebody. Says, Every time a movie has too much exposition, Channing, Channing Tatum gets, gets his wings. wings. <laughs> but then, but then it's like it's like okay, so like um, here is you know here's our character doing his thing, whatever. And we're gonna start telling you about him. And there's like all these hushed voices, like oh yeah, like did you know that? Uh, Channing Tatum's character like tore some guy's throat out one time with his teeth because he's a dog and I was like waiting for it I was like when is he going to tear somebody's throat out with his teeth never happened Yep. I was like that information was not pertinent to this film I did not need to know that they tried I feel like this was like hmm the girls liked Twilight where Edward had this compulsion to kill her maybe they'll like this one no but no I can't believe I'm about to say Twilight did it better, but Twilight did that better. The Room did it better. Yeah. Everything. I've never seen. Cats was more enjoyable than this. Yes. And I and I don't just mean in a, like, it was so bad it was good way. Like, at least, Cats barely has a plot. It makes no sense. And yet, I understood and followed the plot better for Cats yeah. than I did this. Because this movie has no logic. The pacing is bad. The editing is bad. The acting is bad. The costumes were inconsistent. And some of them were hideous. And yeah. I was expecting gorgeous costumes. Um, I was bored with, like, everything that Mila Kunis wore. Her wedding dress was the only, like, marginally pretty thing. But it was marginal. Like, there were women in the crowd watching her get married who had cooler dresses than she did. Yeah. I mean, when I say that this film is exhausting, like, we literally, like, I was like, I need to take a bathroom break. And we paused it, and we were only an hour in. And we both were like, oh, my God. I legitimately was like, are we going to finish this? It was... It was so bad. We haven't even talked about the fact that bees recognize royalty yet, and I think that's a testament to how bad this movie is. The bees respond to her because she's the queen of Earth or whatever. Why Why bees recognize royalty? I don't know. Does it ever come up again? No. Nope. Are there bees elsewhere in the galaxy? No. Not that we know of. I kept. How wa- does he know that bees respond to royalty? I kept waiting for them to like enter into a chamber with one of the royal kids, and it was just like bees. filled with bees. And maybe they had like a, a bee battle where she could control the bees. <laughs> something. I just wanted. I was so desperate for Jupiter to do something. I wanted her to have some sort of agency. She didn't do Jack. And the only time she that- got agency, she smacked Eddie Redmayne around a little bit with like a stick, and then she put it down. Because she. she didn't want to hurt him anymore okay all these people want her dead and she keeps leaving and being like i just want to go home she don't kill such... them let them live i'm I sorry home. i'm all for disney princess but disney princess in a space epic doesn't work like when people are trying to you know what i'm saying like yeah i like, literally i literally, literally just thought to myself like ooh, challenge mode guys write a good story where a disney princess is in a space they literally like gastoned eddie redmayne at the end where like he does the like dramatic or like frollo like yeah, he dramatically saw- fell into the pit i was about um, to look at you and be like are they about to frollo they 100 percent froloed him and the thing is is like the the trope with with frollo and with Gaston is that they have this big moment where you think they're going to make it out and then like the but, but the thing is the thing that was the similar thing is that the protagonists don't do anything they sit there and look scared for a moment and then the set itself crumbles the structure they are standing yeah. on crumbles and then the villain falls and that's so, what happened like Eddie Redmayne well, there wasn't even she didn't like push him or anything I'm actually I'm actually gonna speak up for the Disney movies though in Beauty and the Beast that works because the Beast cannot kill him because that's the whole point right is that he has to be the better okay. person okay and it works in Hunchback of Notre Dame because it's poetic justice when Frollo falls because it is literally 
Notre Dame has seen what he's done and it's condemning him to death. Girl, here girl, it I'm makes no thematic sense. That's the thing is, I'm so with you. And it works in this film because, like, like when Frollo dies, right? He says he quotes a line from like the Bible where it's like, "And he shall smite the wicked." Yep. And then literally a gargoyle comes to life, yep. and then plummets him down into the fire. Oh, he literally says he will smite the wicked and like send them to the fiery abyss or something. And yep. then that's so it is literally divine intervention casting judgment on Frollo, and it works beautifully and thematically. But the problem here is is that there's no thematic reason to do this. Like, I'm sorry, but if you had an evil person standing on the edge of the cliff and they were like, I'm going to destroy planet Earth, I would push them over the edge. Yeah. Because even though murder's wrong, I would rather kill one dude and have that on my conscience than watch the entire planet destroyed. Yep. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. None of this film made sense. And when it, like, what happened? Who were, who were the Aegis? I don't understand. Yeah, no, I Were they the police? Why were they on our side? Why, why did they care? I don't, I don't know. I don't care about any of these characters. I am exhausted. Yeah. Anyways, um... Zero out of 5,000 Bs. Yeah. Um, Zero out of 10 do not recommend. I give it... I give it one out of 5,000 Bs purely for that part where Eddie Redman goes, I create life! Okay, that's fair. And I destroy it. Can we talk about the fact that <laughs> Eddie Redman's performance compared to his other work was garbage? It's but so bad! But it was the most personality in the entire he, film. He just whispers the entire time until his, he screams with his big Eddie Redmayne lips, and then he <laughs> that he, are so pouty. He cries. <laughs> he cries because he's Eddie Redmayne, and he can just cry on command. And he, does, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like he does the face yeah. where he kind of squinches, and yeah. then he cries, and it's like weirdly pretty, and it shouldn't be. Yeah. It has no right. Um, by the way, by the way, please do not take my one out of five thousand bees to think that you should go watch this film. Watch like a ten second clip on YouTube if you're really that curious about seeing the most Coco Bananas performance from Eddie Redmayne. But it's it's not. Oh my god! I can't, I've literally I can't get, never seen a movie I hated as much as this. One. I can't get these two hours back, yeah. and I'm really I, I genuinely and am I, sitting here going like I'm sorry. And <laughs> since like the new Cinderella to me was so bad that I had an anxiety attack afterwards, like because I had my secondhand embarrassment was so high, it gave me an anxiety attack. And and I if you said which one of those films this this film or Cinderella, which one do you want to watch again? I would literally like go and get my depression medication and be like, all right, let's suit up. It's time for Cinderella. Like, I'm not, I would never watch this film again. No, me neither. You could not pay me enough money to watch this film again. How could there be a movie where so much insanity is happening on screen, but it's still boring? Oh, you know what was my favorite part? So there's this random chick who's like a hunter or something, and she's got this like little like flying motorcycle. Oh yeah. And then there's a part where like Channing Tatum like gets away from her, and she just like stops the motorcycle. Like, oh darn, I can't chase him. I'm like, you're on a space motorcycle. Go chase them. It's a space then- motorcycle that can turn invisible, but she'll always like sneak up on someone, and right before she attacks them, she goes uninvisible again. Yeah. And then oh, um, there's a part where they're like all the hunters are like creeping in through the tall like corn cornfield and then she's hovering over it and she's not even yeah invisible she's in a and giant i'm like motorcycle. why 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 are you not sneaking i hate so much about the things they chose to be oh okay Nelly. i all right you know what though this was an experience and it was not enjoyable, but any time spent with you was fun. That is the nicest thing you could have possibly the, said to me right now. The the real Jupiter ascending was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> but like, it's like the friends who you're both like clinging to the raft after the ship has sunk. It is. And we're just pulling each other At out. one part during this film, Lizzie just laid down on top of me dejectedly. <laughs> I like, just put my head in her lap and just was like, I'm sorry. It was like sorry. patting it like, it's okay, I'm so it's fine. sorry. 
It's all good. Oh. All right. The good news is though is that Jupiter ascending is behind us, and spoopy season is before us. Let's go. Okay, so we are officially starting spoopy season. So tune in next week for one of my um, personal comfort films. We're gonna. Excuse me. I'm hiccuping. Um. We're going to be watching Practical Magic. I'm really excited to watch Practical Magic. It's so good. Yeah. It's very, um, it's very much my aesthetic. And I... A lot of my film choices that I like are just, are just my aesthetic. But I feel like that's, I feel like that has proven true for me as well. Yeah. Like, I, I already know what to anticipate from a movie that you're picking out, and Mm -hmm. I feel like you know what to anticipate from a movie that I'm picking out. That's true. Like, I kind of know... Yeah. 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 That's 100% true. But hopefully you'll like this movie. And we'll talk about some of the, the things that are kind of messy with it. And um, I'll, I'll kind of give you some more information next week. Cool. But hopefully you will very much enjoy it. There's no way. It's got to be an upgrade from this, right? It could right? be worse than this. I will let you know if there's ever a movie where I'm like, mm, I don't know. I'm worried it might be worse than Jupiter Ascending. But I really don't think there's much that you could I pick. I can't think of one. I don't think. And I said fear rubber pick. too. But I, I, have, I haven't seen rubber. But it's, rubber at it's, least it's campy, rubber at it's least fun. rubber at least looks like it knows what it is. Yeah, it does. It does. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I will actually. I will say that for the next film, one of my criticisms of it is that it doesn't quite know what it is, uh-huh. which works upon a second or third viewing. But the first time you see it, you're like, "What is this movie?" Got we'll it. talk about that. But um, anyways. Um, for the first time ever in Talking Trash history, this film is not going in our treasure box. No. This is going in... This, this is not even going to the dumpster. No. I'm taking this film. Can we, can I'm we going shove to, it out the airlock? <laughs> I'm, I'm taking this film. I'm going to um, the fire pit in my backyard and I'm covering it in gasoline and lighting it on fire. Yeah. Because that way no one else will ever be able to see it. Like if I could if I could erase this movie from history, I would. Yep. Yeah. This should not exist. And and you know, no hate to the Wood Wachowski sisters. Yes. Um I keep wanting to call them the Wazowski sisters. Well, well I got That's so bad. I knew them for so long as the Wachowski brothers. Yeah. That I I find myself something with Wachowski sisters. Yeah. Um so yeah, and the sister I, part it, is fine for me. It's just the as soon as I say Wachowski, I'm like Mike Wachowski. Well, um, <laughs> I had I had known them from before, before. From, from the Matrix, and I was and never so, a huge Matrix fan. I'm not. So. A bit, here's the thing: I'm not a big Matrix fan either. Um, I which a lot of people I know like love the Matrix, but like I'm really cool if I don't ever see the Matrix again. I've seen the red pill blue pill scene so many times because it was used at like youth group. And it was like... Oh, I'm so sorry. It was like, whichever... Which one do you take to, like, be aware of the Matrix? Um, I think the red pill is the one that you take to... It was like, to have you your know, eyes open. So it was Here's, like, take the red pill to know God, and, or something like that. I don't know. And then I, we would have M&Ms, and we would have to go choose in front of the entire assembly. And of course nobody chose the blue pill. Oh, I'm M&M. so sorry. I think like, I, that happened, like, at, at, like, at least four different associations. Like, like... At like several different youth encounters, we did that, and literally See, they would start talking, and I would lean over to somebody and be like, "They're going to show us the Matrix scene," and sure enough, there it was. Yep. <laughs> I feel like in so many ways, you and I have similar like religious echoes growing up, but I had such a less like traumatizing <laughs> experience, <laughs> and I. So when I when I have a negative association with the red pill, blue pill, mm-hmm. I associate. There was a. Um, Meninist documentary called The Red Pill. Oh God! About like a woman who was a self-proclaimed feminist who like talked to men's rights activists, and by the end she's like, you know what? They have a point. Um, Lord. And it's 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 a mess, obviously. Um, and and it's so sad because so many of the issues that are brought up in there are like legitimate issues. Just obviously, it's from that perspective. Yeah, and it's but it's like feminism covers that. It you know? it feels so weird that that's being brought up with this movie because I feel like those two things go hand in hand. I feel like this movie is trying to be like, "Yay, feminism! They shouldn't be telling Mila Kunis that you know it's bad that she's not married." But at the same time, this movie also doesn't know how pads work, 
and wants to have all these voyeuristic shots of women. And it kind of makes it seem like a bad thing that she wants to donate her eggs, which, yes. like, I don't know. I mean, there's people in the world who, like, don't have viable eggs and yep. want babies, and, like, that's a way that they can have babies, uh-huh. and, like, I don't think that's a bad thing. Yep. So, I don't know. I mean, would Wait, I there's... donate eggs? Probably not. I don't, like, I'd have to schedule an appointment, and that that, that sounds like a lot, but... <laughs> But I don't know. Oh my gosh. So yes, this this movie hurt me. And I I don't know how to how to process it. Mm-hmm. Don't watch this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> All right. Well, on to next week. On to on to what I imagine is going to be a um if if even if it's bad like '90s girl power, I will still take bad it's '90s better than girl this. power. <laughs> Lord, it's better than this. All right, oh. bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Lord, I need God a nap. bless. <laughs>「This is Talkin' Trash with Liv and Lizzie, the podcast where two friends show each other our silliest and most treasured movies. Each week, we'll watch a beloved movie, no matter how corny, childish, or contrived. Sometimes a masterpiece with minor flaws. Other times, a magnificent mess. Because one man's trash is Liv and Lizzie's treasure.